When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. My brother from another mother, JP. Oh, where has that song been all my life? (laughs) How have you coped five weeks without that? I'm getting withdrawals, bro. I was uh, so pumped to hear. I'm back. Hello, Fano. How are we, everyone? Um, glad to be rocking it on a Friday afternoon with everyone. Let's go. Let's go. Um, just got 2 o'clock here, just gone 12 o'clock then. You've just stepped out of a charity fundraiser, which I appreciate and the listeners appreciate. JP, get your questions in for JP. I, I forgot to ask you all, actually. Um, we've had a couple, even without me asking for questions, JP. But the big one that we haven't spoken to you about was the way Dave Rennie was booted and Eddie Jones was Ooh. welcomed. Yeah, let's kick it off, eh? Yeah. Um, look, it, it, it's it, it's a strategic position, bro. Like it, it's oh, there you go. Oh, I had to, I played that for my co-workers too, man. Like how quickly I said, bro, last year. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone giggled, man. It was so good. Um, Look, it was strategic. Like, you, you, you look at, unfortunately, look, Dave Rennie did a magnificent job. I was backing Dave Rennie. Um, but unfortunately, it's a ro- results-driven industry. And Eddie Jones became available. Um, and he wouldn't be available in nine months. And if the trajectory continued with respects to Dave Rennie's record, then they would be in a worse-off position in nine months' time after the World Cup. So what they were able to do was lock in Eddie Jones, not only for – because, see, we're broke. Like, we need money. We need revenue. And we have two major uh, revenue-driving opportunities for Rugby Australia, and that is the 2025 British and Irish Lions Tour generates so much money for us. And then, obviously, the Rugby World Cup – um, at home in Australia in 2027. So, but then on top of that, they were able to negotiate with Eddie Jones, and he's also going to oversee the women's game as well. So, we have the 2029 Rugby Women's Rugby World Cup in Australia. So, to have someone like Eddie Jones available and being able to take him, it was just one of those unfortunate circumstances for Dave Rennie. Where, look, if his results. And I think, I think what got him was the Italy game last year, because mm. um, there was enough. There was enough there to show. Look, we, we actually won two games. You know, Wallabies won two games with fourteen men with with red cards, which never happens. Like you get a red card, you lose. And they actually won two games, so there was a lot of hope there, and there was a lot of belief in Dave Rennie. But unfortunately, I just think like the inconsistency and the ups and downs of of winning, losing, winning, losing, but then losing to really poor teams, I think was the nail in the coffin for Rennie. But, oh, look, I applaud Dave Rennie, and I love the service that he um, that he did for Rugby Australia. And I think he unearthed a couple of good young players. So um, I feel I feel for him. Um, 
but again, pretty happy to have Eddie Jones, the man to be taking over. Um, I think it was a great decision. And, and look, there was always a little bit of controversy over having a New Zealand coach. Um, why aren't we producing our own coaches? And I think, you know, to have an Australian coach as well it was was pretty much also the nail in the coffin for Dave. Was he was he a convenient scapegoat though, being that he's a Kiwi? I know the percentage win rate wasn't so good. I don't think that was Dave Dave Rennie's fault. And Stephen Moore, another former Wallaby hooker, has come out and he said Rugby Australia have to look a little bit further than coaches. Well, I look, of course, look, but, but again, we haven't created pathways for our coaches. So, you know, we don't have a national competition. We tried and it failed because we didn't produce or, or deliver a, a good enough product for TV. So broadcasting was costing Rugby Australia millions, costing up to $5 million a year, which we didn't have. Mm. Like you look at the NPC, like, wow. Like you're just, it's a breeding ground for your next super rugby players and next future All Blacks. We don't have that. Um, I don't think Dave Rennie being a New Zealander, like, because now we're in a position where we, we, we've created this position for ourselves and we don't have not only the talent in terms of, of players, but coaches. We're finally getting some good coaches coming through the super rugby system. Um, Darren Coleman, like, I think he's got a really good chance. Dan McCullough as well. We've got to make sure they look after Dan McCullough. That's the other thing, like with this whole debacle that, that has happened, making sure that we, we continue to develop Dan McCullough, who really has done an incredible job, left the Brumbies to go into the role as assistant coach for the Wallabies with the pathway of taking over the head job. So, you know, we've got to make sure we look after him. Still no international gig for Scott Razor-Robertson. Um, Gatlin's got a new job. Eddie Jones has got a new job. Dave Rennie doesn't uh, internationally yet. Um, don't know where he'll end up. My feeling is you'll probably end up in Japan for a while. Um, I guess Razor-Robertson, uh, for us here, he's, he's going to have to wait for the all-black job after the World Cup, it looks like. Oh, no, absolutely. Look, Razor's in the best position. Like, he doesn't have to move. Like, when I was actually getting into coaching, I remember I sat down with Eddie Jones, oh, God, nearly, would have been 15 years ago now, and he said, look, best advice I could ever give you is don't be a mercenary and take any job available. Like, sit in jobs if you have to sit and wait. Take the, take the right opportunities. And I think that's, that's, that's really prevalent for, for Razor. Like, he's... He is in the prime position here, and he's also coaching at a super level. Um, wins another championship with the Crusaders this year, and um, he is a laydown there, isn't he? Like to, to walk into the All Black. Like even though they have this structure where assistant coaches move in, you just can't ignore his results. I mean, personally, I thought he should have been the coach, and I said three, four years ago, before Rennie got the job, Rugby Australia chase Razor. This is the guy we need. Like, oh man. What a miss out there. Like, did, did I, I told you about the story with Steve Hansen, how we missed out him being the Brumbies coach. No. Well, what happened was before we got David Nusifora in 2001, when we won the Super Rugby and Eddie Jones went to Australia, we interviewed a couple of coaches and Steve Hansen was the first coach we, we interviewed. And they took too long and he took the Wales job. And so we then ended up getting David Nusifora, but we the Brumbies could have had Steve Hansen. Wow. Never knew that. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's still a nightmare for me, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Noosa 4 actually well, ended up at the Blues too. Well, he did, man. And look, Noosa, Noosa 4 to his credit, even though, you know, again, what a debacle that happened in 2004. But, um, and that was a crazy, crazy period to go through where the coach who won the Super Rugby actually ended up getting sacked, right? Like, well, not sacked. He didn't get his contract renewed. Um, but to his credit, Man, he has gone on and done some incredible things. And now the high-performance um, director in Ireland rugby where he centralised the system. And he's just he just grew as a coach. And, you know, credit to him, man. He's, he's done incredible work with, with Ireland rugby. And now they're in a shot to win a Rugby World Cup. Mm, amazing. Uh, we've had a text from your mate Ken, uh, the Blues fan in Auckland here. Ken! Staffy, for JP, welcome back. I missed you. Uh, it's going to be a great season as it moves on, but that's all I've got to say. I've got to catch a plane. See you later. Cheers, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Safe travels, bro. Wear your mask. Um, for Jeremy Paul, I looked up Jeremy on Google, and there's a shot of him back in the day with big, big hair. Jeremy, do you miss the big, big hair from Mikey? <laughs> uh, I do. I do. No, I, I went through I, – I, I went coastal. I went live – it's where I still live now. And um, – I was able to take a couple of years out and just, I just decided to grow my hair. It was something I always wanted to do. And it was just, oh, this big, long, I mean, it's hard for you to understand stuff, you know, someone that's got a little bit of Devon on top of his head, <laughs> hair, but, but, you know, for the people with full, lush hair, you get it. You know what I'm talking about. It wasn't just long. It was long. <laughs> it was thick. It was thick as. Um, Oh no, it was good. It was a bit of fun, and and uh, actually, I, I think I did some stuff with Sky Sports, and I was like, oh, he looked like John Snow, just just the fatter version. I've <laughs> um, got a couple of non-rugby questions have come in uh, for JP. What do you think about these really, really late night games at the Australian Open on work nights? Oh, I, yeah, it's a bummer, isn't it? Mm. Like. Um, I mean, look, they try to program things for television, right? Because it's all about the broadcasting. Um, I mean, it was like the Soccer World Cup. I was getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch the, the Socceroos. And it was a punish to get through. Even the, and, and the T20 cricket, right? Like, remember when it was in um, the Middle East last year, Saudi Arabia, I think it was. Um, or Dubai, sorry. And, and like getting up at sort of four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's a, look, it's real sport lovers, they, they go through punishing the pain, don't we? Like, <laughs> oh, but it's perfect timing over here, though, bro, like for Australian sport. But I oh, don't you know, these, but those matches got marathons, aren't they? They go forever. Mm. Um, question from Dave says Any new signings from the Brumbies that you're aware of? No, look, it's uh, look the, the Brumbies with their 36-man squad, uh, there is one young kid who I've got a big rap on, young Billy Pollard. He's, um, I think he'll be the next long-term Wallaby hooker. Um, oh. He's only 20. Um, he might get a couple. I think he'll get a couple of starts this year and will come off the bench a lot. He's incredibly mobile. He's a, quite a powerful little unit um but his ball running and his play around the field is exceptional and um yeah he's one kid to keep an eye on this year he might even might because eddie loves 
taking three hookers and he'll love to take a younger bloke. So he's a chance to even get to the Rugby World Cup or come into the squad this year. Um, but the good thing about the Brumbies this year is 27 players are returning from last year's um, campaign. Uh, we've had a few players move on, but 17 of those players are Wallabies. So, you know, when we got ripped off against the Blues in the semi-final last year from the referee. Um, that will, and, I, and I think the key this year will be Noah Lalicia, um, Lalicio, um, where he will be under Stephen Larkham. And I think uh, the Mayor of Canberra returning to coach will um, oh, he'll benefit him, and particularly in his decision-making and and um, you know his direction around the field. So I think the Brumbies, I think the Brumbies are a chance this year. I really do. Like particularly with because your ten's your pivotal spot. He's he's your captain. Question from Jeff the ref from Cromwell. Um, <clears throat> please ask JP what does Eddie bring to coaching style compared to Rennie, and can Eddie can that coaching style win the Rugby World Cup for the Wallabies? Oh, he's, I had a feeling he might have dropped. Oh, got you. No, I got you. Got you. Oh, did you hear that? No, no, I didn't. Sorry, man. Okay, ask JP. What does Eddie bring to coaching with his style compared to Rennie's, and can that coaching style win the World Cup for the Wallabies? Oh, absolutely. Look, what he does is he scares the absolute bejesus out of people. Um, he, look, he, he he will have these guys on their toes. He brings a level of intensity, but he's actually a really funny guy. Like, and he loves his banter the culture around them because when you come off the field you just you, you, all you care about is if you look at Eddie and he gives you the nod that's all you care about mm. and he creates that environment and once you start playing for your coach and that's like yes it's all about love and you know bonding and all this sort of stuff but really at the end of the day when you've got that respect and that willingness to win and do anything for your coach then because that, that's the person you look to. It, it, he will bring that environment. But I think the key here for Eddie Jones, though, and what, like, well, I mean, for Rugby Australia, is he will galvanise and he'll start to bring all our stakeholders together. We're a very fractioned union. We, from state level down to our club, to our grassroots rugby, we're fractured. And what Eddie Jones will come in is he'll start to build that unity that we need. And it's similar to the All Black system. Everything trickles from the top down to the bottom. And that's what we've been desperately needing. Like we've been dying for this for many, many years. And because we just, everyone wants their bit, their say. Eddie will come in and go, this is the way we're doing it. And everyone, everyone will jump on board. And I think that's going to be the key to Eddie Jones' success. It's not just about what we're doing on the field. It's what we're doing off it and how we're going to come together as a union. Mm, fantastic, JP. Awesome to lock horns again, Boy, buddy. Bro. We've got a fantastic year ahead of us, and you've got an amazing lunch to go and chow down. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get going, bro. Okay, mate. Ya. See, see ya. <laughs> Jeremy Paul. <laughs> he said, I'll give you 10 minutes. We took 15. And you heard him put the keys in his pocket, and he's gone. So the great man Jeremy Paul, every, every Friday, as it was, um, Good text here, quickly, from Chris saying, Hey team, <clears throat> I reckon if the Crusaders are smart, which we know they are, they should look at Dave Rennie to place Razor. A bit of a departure, as they usually like to internally promote people, but worth a shot, I reckon. Be hard to get him away from the Chiefs, though. Razor Robertson needs a replacement. He is finishing at the end of this season. And I know for a fact he's making phone calls to coaches. Two coaches. Um, 
Staffy, what relationship has does Eddie have with international referees? That's an interesting question, Jeff. I'm not sure. And JP's gone, sorry. That one came a bit late if I was supposed to ask that one to JP. Anyway, always good to have Jeremy Paul on a Friday. Uh, do remember, we have a couple of vouchers to give away today. All of the texts and all of the phone calls, apart from the guests, are going to go in a draw. $50 chemist warehouse voucher, a $50 good spirits voucher, because it's a Friday prize day. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I think we're going to find out what's making news after the break, shall we, Sam? Okay, let's do that.